We live in troubling times, political, cultural, and church fighting at every turn. We live in a society that is simply upside wrong, where what was once wrong is right, and what was once right is wrong. Where are the Lord's quality leaders? Where are our modern-day Nehemiahs? Do they exist? We need sound teachers who present accurate facts as they relate to Scripture, who are clear and free from meaningless clichés and relevant to our current events. You know, men and women like Nehemiah, our study, Hand Me My Sword, sets out to present realistic observations to present culture while evaluating how each applies to the eschatological truths contained in the Old and New Testaments. In the book of Nehemiah, the man who led God's people is presented in three roles. Early in the book, he is the cupbearer of the king, a servant. Midway through the story, he is a builder of the wall. In the third part of the book, he is governor of the city and surrounding sections of Jerusalem. He was a true and authentic leader of God. Hand Me My Sword is framed within the emphasis of using one hand to rebuild while keeping the sword of the Spirit in the other. We are praying that this mini-series blesses you beyond measure, so let's get started with our lesson for today. Welcome to number three of our Nehemiah study. It is an honor and a privilege to have you join us today. Let's talk about our overview for this particular lesson. Being a great leader and follower. It's important for us to understand that you really can't be a great leader unless you yourself are a great follower. We're going to learn how to lead through service. This is the very style that Jesus Christ himself demonstrated for us when God brought his son to the earth. We're going to look into how important it is to understand authority. Then reviewing Nehemiah's appeal to the people versus expecting things or demanding them. We'll cover how important it is to embrace Nehemiah's style of empathy. 
Embracing a biblical vision and mission was Nehemiah's top priority. And of course, he got that from God the Father. We're going to learn to impart God's vision to others, discover how to empower others, and challenge each to determine whether they are a rebel or an advancer. Of course, we can't forget about the importance of Nehemiah managing the performance effectively. And finally, providing support for his workers. Let's take a look at our scriptures for today. It is out of Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. And it says this, And it came about in the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. So the king said to me, Why is your face sad, though you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of heart. Then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, Let the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies desolate and its gates have been consumed by fire? Then the king said to me, What would you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. I said to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor before you, send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Then the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, How long will your journey be, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I gave him a definite time. And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let the letters be given to me for the governors of the providence beyond the river, that they may allow me to pass through until I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates for the fortress which is by the temple, for the wall of the city and for the house to which I go. And the king granted them to me because the good hand of my God was on me. May God bless his word today. Many have leaders they call great. Maybe it's a pastor, politician, a famous ministry developer, or a life coach. Or maybe it's someone you know personally, like a boss, a ministry teacher, or a friend. Four out of ten people you meet daily are involved in leadership in one capacity or another. A mother, father, pastor, or corporate leader. However, simply having the responsibility of a leader doesn't necessarily make a person an effective leader, let alone have the spiritual gift of leadership. Can you imagine the cost Israel would have undertaken if Nehemiah wavered in his leadership? The price tag would be Jerusalem would not have been prepared for the arrival of the King of Kings. While leadership is a gift from the Lord, all leadership positions need to learn Nehemiah's model. 
With a little study, humility, and hard work, all those placed in a leadership role can learn to lead effectively. Let's review Our Leaders Expect Performance. Even though indwell believers are not to emphasize performance, the responsibility of carrying out the leadership task assigned to each is imperative, gifted or not. Quality leadership starts with quality submission, meaning any assigned task delegated to you by an authority figure, you must consider it top priority and complete it as your primary objective. Remembering, if an authority figure assigns you a task, you are a part of their leadership team. All leaders are, or should be, under authority themselves, which should be guided and directed by the original mandate given by the highest authority. Not only was Nehemiah under the authority of the king, who permitted him to take on this task. More significantly, he was also under the orders of God the Father. Let's take a look at Romans 13.1. It says every person is to be in subjection to governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Simply meaning God is the origin of original power, and the supreme source of earthly established authoritative positions. It is his job to delegate authority and tasks to whomsoever he determines and wills. Ironically, the earthly governor himself may not be of God or indwelt by his son in most of those cases. This is where our greatest leadership challenge lays, at the feet of all forms of government. Let's review our diagram for today. It's called the flow of authoritative orders. Now in God's structure and system of functioning of authority from heaven downward, we see there God is at the top. He is the one who delivers the orders. He gives them to Jesus Christ, and since Jesus is 100% obedient to his Father's plans and requests, he passes it down to the Holy Spirit. Now, if we are truly indwelled believers in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us. So the third element of these orders are literally manifested in the minds of true indwelled believers. We can be guaranteed that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit will be a hundred percent responsible in carrying out God the Father's mandates and orders. The question comes, when indwelt believers do not hearken to the voice of the Holy Spirit to carry out the plans of God the Father. So the right side of that diagram, you see the original structure of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But if the indwell believer rebels or pulls away from this structure, there will be no rebuilding going on in the sphere that God has you influencing. To many people, this is a complex idea, but it is very simple. Those of us who are under authority, which is everyone, simply should carry out the orders that are given to us without hesitation. 
So let's take a look at that carrying out your orders. As Nehemiah understood, forming a quality group of leaders who answer to him must start with those willing to carry out the leader's decisions. In Nehemiah's case, any type of hesitation could be the loophole that the enemy could get into Jerusalem once again and cause the entire plan that God gave Nehemiah to rebuild those walls and secure the city to come to a screeching halt. He knew it was imperative for the Lord's success. It is a method ordained by his God. Both Nehemiah and his God knew that a healthy environment for rebuilding and protection would be anarchy, resulting in a chaotic attempt to fulfill God's mandate if there was any rebelling going on. In traditional ancient times, God, in his godological manner, appointed leaders willing to be used as his divine position. God has been doing this since the days of Noah, Moses, Joshua, the Hebrew judges, and the civil societies he established under each. In all cases, exemplified by our Lord, we find his method of rebuilding the Hebrew community and those grafted into Hebrew by assigning tasks to willing followers. God has used this method to keep his supreme power in play throughout the centuries. Therefore, you will discover in our series Nehemiah's constant skill of analyzing the performance of his workers. He understood that identifying where you are activates the need for planning where you must go. He explored the weaker side of his workers as a way to empower them as workers of excellence. Most leaders understand that knowing where you need further development will enhance your skill level and it will assist in achieving the authority's objective. Let's quickly review the 18 qualities of a leader. The following list, you will see what we consider the bullseye of a skillful leader. Number one, Nehemiah knew that God established all forms of authority for his divine purposes. They understood the quality of leadership starts with quality submission. When assigning tasks by his authority, he considers the people's skills of those that work for him. Number three, a quality leader will not doubt themselves or their abilities to succeed in Christ. Number four, the leader expects nothing less than top-notch results for themselves and their workers. Five, leadership always works harder than the work expected from their people. Number six, when a worker is upset, leaders refuse to allow emotion to dominate over leadership. Why? Because they know the real battle is with their enemy. When circumstances change, a quality leader has planned ahead in knowing what to do. In Nehemiah's story, he divided the men into two groups, one half with their swords drawn and the other half with a brick in their hands. Number eight, 
True leadership does not allow personal feelings to get in the way of performance. Nehemiah, nor God, allowed personal feelings to get in the way of the task at hand. Number nine, quality leaders are highly motivated because they know they have what it takes in Christ to be successful. In our story, the power of God's anointing was upon Nehemiah. Number ten, they know that time spent worrying about their team is time wasted. Number eleven, leaders of quality refuse to get upset and worry in the workplace. They remain focused on the orders that were delivered to them. Number twelve, proactive leaders train and equip workers in how to accomplish a task. Number thirteen, when working with a team, leaders encourage everyone to work toward the same overall objective delegated to them by their governing authority. Number fourteen. Rarely will a quality leader make an exception to the rule unless their supervisor or authority clears it. They understand it is more profitable to be an enforcer rather than a collaborator. In war, collaboration kills the workers. Number fifteen. Leaders take great delight in planning for the future. Number sixteen. Quality leaders embrace criticism as a tool for growth. Number seventeen, leaders take time to learn from workers in the task, work environment, and personal concerns. They know this advances their leadership skills. Finally, number eighteen, leaders are optimistic about the life of Christ in their workers. Assisting them in completing the task at hand with quality and excellence, they know that all unsaved workers become candidates for salvation by way of modeling quality leadership. They see setbacks as temporary; problems are spiritual opportunities. Gifted or not, leaders desiring quality leadership skills need to work at being equipped. In those skills, for those of us who have been in leadership for years, know if you use each skill imparted to you, we become a real asset to the leadership that we serve and our workers. Through the empowerment of Christ in each leader, they can accomplish any skill put before them. If you are a gifted leader, they will come naturally. If you're not gifted, A workman worthy of his hire can still master the skill itself. Let's review Nehemiah's leadership. Three days after arriving in Jerusalem, Nehemiah went on a secretive night excursion to evaluate the damage to the city walls and assess the possibility of repairing them. He traveled up and down the length of the wall. Noting the areas that had been breached and the towers that had been burned, although it was painful for him to see, the evaluation of the extent of the damage also gave him room for hope. The next morning, Nehemiah gathered the leaders of the Jewish tribes 
and encouraged them to begin rebuilding the walls so that they would be protected from their enemies. He told them of the approval he had received from God the Father and the King himself and the supplies God provided through the earthly king. Strengthened by his words of God and the king's support, the people feverishly began rebuilding the walls. Nehemiah's secret? The people understood that he was a messenger of God to save his people. His plan? To divide the wall into sections, with each family and tribe responsible for repairing one section. How smart is that? When the Samaritans, headed by a man named Zambalat, heard that the Jews were attempting to rebuild the walls, they became enraged. They organized a force of fighters to attack the builders and prevent the wall from being rebuilt. The idea that a group of refugees could gain independence and military security was not something they were willing to tolerate. Knowing the danger, Nehemiah took steps to protect the workers and allow the project to continue. As said before, he split the men into two groups, one of which would always be armed and would stand guard, while the second continued to work. He also gave each group trumpets to blast in case of attack, so that the other defenders could rally to them quickly. Additionally, everyone was encouraged to sleep in Jerusalem during the construction, even if they lived in other towns to join the night guard. As a classic godly leader, Nehemiah himself took part standing guard night and day. The work continued unbated for 52 days, morning to night. Finally, the wall had been completely re-enclosed. It still only stood at half its previous height, but had no more breaches or openings. Only the doors of the gates were yet to be completed. Finally, after years of fear, the Jews of Jerusalem felt secure. Let's look at our primary principles in our study. Number one, expect performance. Leaders should expect performance or they will fail along with their project. Two, carry out your orders. It wasn't just important for Nehemiah's followers to keep his commands. It was important for Nehemiah to keep his commands given to him by the Lord God and his king. Three, 18 qualities of leadership is important to incorporate these in your day-to-day tasks in being a leader. I think you'll find that you will succeed. Finally, number four, remember Nehemiah. God created him with his method of leadership, empowered him with supernatural power to carry out those orders, and stayed active in Nehemiah's mind as he was coming up with these ideas on how to revise the plan as he was rebuilding. In conclusion, when Nehemiah had prayed for the relief of his countrymen, and perhaps in David's words, 
found in Psalms 51:18, he did not sit still and say, "Let God now do his own work, for I have no more to do." but submitted himself as a vessel to be used by God. One of the worst behavioral dysfunction that exists in life today is people procrastinate the orders of their leader. And then something goes wrong in their lives and they wonder why. Orders are given to leaders to give to followers. To carry out those orders, that will ultimately protect them and preserve them. In our society today, that does not exist. Nehemiah's prayer was seasoned with an earnest passion for fulfilling God's endeavors. Keep in mind that from the time of his prayer to applying his efforts was four months, primarily to wait for the right time for the king to hear his plea for deliverance for his people. While we are not limited to certain moments in our address to the king of kings, Nehemiah had to wait for the king's readiness, which proved to be great wisdom. Timing in leadership is the key to accomplishing a mission. Coming up next is 04, Nehemiah Evaluates. We're going to talk about leaders make use of their authority's orders. We're going to learn the beauty of letting your leaders evaluate the crisis. We're going to explore how these leaders don't reveal their plan until the perfect time, or the followers will manipulate it. We'll explore Nehemiah's appeals to Jerusalem's leaders. This was a critical step in Nehemiah's method of leadership, and we're going to discuss why it is. Then we're going to review the leader reinforces God's commission. Now, even though the king released Nehemiah to carry out Nehemiah's commission, Nehemiah knew different. It was God's commission. Any commission that comes from God will succeed if you submit. Finally, we're going to talk about a quality leader avoids the voices of mocking. If you haven't seen mocking in the environment that you work, then your eyes are closed. One of the most common problems in leadership are the workers mocking in silence, either in their minds or they're gossiping about their leader when they're with other workers. This is the cancer that destroys a corporation a church, or a plan that a leader has been imparted to carry out. Thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. We hope that you continue on with the next episode. we got a lot to learn about quality, God-centered leadership. Until next time.